God bless you. Please do take your seats for a moment. Uh, it's so wonderful to see so many of you here today. It's a wonderful day outside. It's boiling hot outside, but it's also boiling hot in here. So please feel free to use your revival times. Um, the reason why we give it out, apart from making sure that you're in touch with everything that's happening here, is at times like this, it comes in very handy to be a fan. But don't just let it stop at being a fan. Take it home, read it, digest it, and... You know, make use of everything that is in there as well. So wonderful to see so many of you. I'm sure a lot of you are here today to uh, just be witnesses as uh, uh, so many people get baptized today. How many of you, just wave at me if you're here because someone invited you because they're getting baptized today. Wave at me, wave at me. Oh, wow, 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 wow. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So great to see so many of you here. And uh, in a little while, we're going to be baptizing um, these candidates as they make a public profession of their faith as they identify with what Jesus Christ has done for them on the cross of Calvary. Well, this afternoon, uh, we are bringing to a close a series we've been doing in the 2.30 service, a series uh, titled Life and Death, The Power of Your Words. Life and Death, The Power of Your Words. Life and Death, The Power of Your your words. So over the past four weeks, we've been uh, looking at the power of our words. You know, words are powerful. And uh, we've looked at the subject, can a good tree bear bad fruit? We've also uh, looked like how we talk, don't talk to me like that. Uh, and last week, we we're looking at speaking words of life, words of encouragement. And today, we're going to be tackling the subject, releasing words of destiny. Releasing words of destiny. You know, God has a plan, a purpose for every single one of us. And He has called us and He has given us the opportunity to embrace the finished work of Calvary, what His Son Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. And we enter into a place where the words that come from Him can begin to release destiny into our lives. As we speak, as we encourage, as we build up one another, those words can become life-affirming, life-giving. You know, I once heard uh, a story of a man who uh, would often grumble uh, when food was placed before him at mealtimes. You know, he will grumble about, you know, the food and everything. And then he will say, okay, let's pray. And, you know, he will say a prayer, say a blessing over the food. And he will do this all the time. And one day after his usual combination of complaining and then praying, his little daughter turned to him and said, Daddy, does God hear us when we pray? To teach his daughter a lesson on prayer, he said, Of course, my dear, God hears us when we pray all the time. And does he hear everything we say? And he thought, Oh, yeah, even more teaching opportunity. Yes, God hears not just when we pray, but everything that we say all the time. Whenever we speak, God hears everything. Whenever we pray, God hears everything. And so she turned to her daddy and said, Well, daddy, which one does he believe? The grumbling or the prayer? You know, the words that we speak, they can be spirit and they can be life. They can bring about destiny. What is destiny? Uh, 
uh, I tried to just uh, crystallize the, the definition, look at some sources of what is defined as destiny. It's quite interesting because this is what it says. Firstly, destiny is the events that will necessarily happen to a particular person or thing in the future. The events that will necessarily happen to a particular person or thing in the future. Or, destiny is the hidden power believed to control what will happen in the future. The hidden power believed to control what will happen in the future. Interesting that the definition speaks about what will happen and the power that will influence what will happen in the future. I believe the greatest word of destiny that was spoken over humankind after the fall was when God said to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, speaking about the serpent who had just led them into error, who had just led them to disobey God, and he said, you will bruise his head and he will bruise your heel. You will bruise his head and he will bruise your heel. God spoke a redemptive word of destiny over mankind at that point. It seemed as if it all fallen apart. It seemed as if that which God had put in place, it seemed as if his plan, his purpose for humankind had just been brought to naught. It had all gone pear-shaped. But God came and released a word of destiny over humankind that he will crush the serpent head even as the serpent seeks to bruise his heel. And so this redemptive process kicked in. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Roman church in Romans 16 and verse 20, says, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Words of destiny. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Because you see, the first Adam was a living soul, but the second Adam, the scripture says, is a life-given spirit. A life-given spirit. And therefore, when we speak words of spirit and life enabled by the life-given spirit that comes through the second Adam, we're literally able to enable that which will happen in the future. The Gospel of John puts it this way in John 6 and verse 63. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and alive. Since I want to say to you this afternoon as we talk about releasing words of destiny, that how we respond to God's word determines the effect it will have in our lives. How you and I respond to the word of God will determine the effect that that word will have in our lives. First Thessalonians 2 and verse 13 says, the word is alive and active and works effectively in those who believe. The word of God is alive, it is active, and it works effectively to those who will believe. Why? Because scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of of God. There's a three-step process in there. Firstly, that the word of God is spoken. There is a word, there is a rhema, there is a destiny that is spoken. And then you hear this word. And the Bible says then faith is generated, faith 
that you can walk in. Faith that you can walk in. We need to hear the word that will generate faith in our hearts that we can walk in to fulfill the destiny that God has for us. Psalm 119 and verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That is the word of God that has gone forth from out of his mouth. That word that is not going to come back empty. You see, when we speak words of life, when we speak the truth of God's word, it says that that word is not going to come back empty. But when that word goes forth, it will accomplish that for which it has been set forth. And we can be encouraged today to know that we are carriers, if we have been born again of the Spirit of God, we are carriers, we have the capacity to speak words of life, to speak words of destiny, to speak words that when they go forth, they will not come back empty. The Bible promises that those words that go forth will accomplish that for which God has sent it forth. It will accomplish that for which God has sent it forth. I'm always fascinated by the Genesis story absolutely fascinating because as we read through the genesis story again and again and again we hear this phrase repeated and god said turn to your neighbor and just just echo that to them and god said and god said and god said Again and again, nine times in chapter one. And God said. But you see, God wasn't just speaking empty words. God was motivated by his desire to see, therefore he spoke. God was motivated by his desire to see, therefore he spoke. God had a desire to bring about creation. God had a desire to form the sun, the moon, the stars, the planet. God had a desire to bring about the entirety of what we know the world to be. And because of that desire to see, he spoke. And those words were activated to bring about that which he wanted to see. And that which was spoken became a reality. The words that go forth did not come back empty, they accomplished. Let there be light, and there was light. God spoke, and it was accomplished. And so he was motivated by this desire. And the first thing I want to challenge us about, if we're going to be people who release words of destiny, we must be motivated by a desire to see something happen. We must be motivated by a desire to see transformation, a desire to see change, a desire to see the miraculous be, be manifested, a desire to see situations turned around. And therefore, we speak because of that desire that we are motivated by. Let's reflect on Moses' story for a moment. Now, Moses, the background story, we're just going to summarize it this afternoon. The background story is that Moses was born into an in Israelite family. He was born at a time when uh, there was a decree that had gone forth to uh, kill the Israelites because they were, they were growing at a rate of knots and the Pharaoh thought that, you know, they were going to become too powerful and they're not going to be able to contain them. And uh, Moses was given birth too. 
And he was put, the story goes, in a, in a basket of reeds, what uh, 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 was later, you know, coined, the phrase was coined, Moses' basket. That's why when, you know, uh, newborn babies are born, you know, uh, parents go and get a Moses' basket. That's, that's where that phrase comes from. You know, it was put in a basket of reed, put on the river, and with a prophetic word over his life, his mom released destiny that he would find the place and the destiny that God had for him. And so he floated down the river, and he was found by the, by the daughter of Pharaoh. She took um, uh, the basket, and uh, uh, the mother showed herself up. I'm summarizing the story. The mother showed herself and said, you know, I can look after this baby that you found, not knowing that this was a baby. And I believe that during those formative years, as Yoshobel, Moses' mother, nursed him, she spoke words of destiny into his life. Because Moses was being raised in the house of Pharaoh. He was being raised in the things of Egypt, the knowledge and wisdom and practices of Egypt. Yet still Moses knew that there was something in his destiny that was tied to the Israelite camp. Something in his destiny that was tied into the Israelite camp. And he found that destiny. I believe that as his mom nursed him, he spoke into his life. You know, Proverbs 22.6, this morning we dedicated a couple of babies in the church. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child. A word that's translated there is the word dedicate. Train up a child, dedicate a child in the way that that child should go. And when they are old, they will not depart out of it. I believe as we dedicate children, we're not just saying a prayer. We're speaking words of destiny over their lives. Words of destiny concerning their future. And the Bible encourages us that when we train up a child in the way that that child should go, when that child is old, they will not depart from it. That's a promise in the word. And so we as parents need to speak words of destiny into our children's life. We need to call them forth. We need to speak. We need to, to say words of, of destiny, words of faith, words that will bring them into the destiny that God has for them. You know, as parents, we need to be so careful what we say over our children what we call them, how we speak to them, what we release into their lives through our words. Because our words are powerful, their spirit, and their life. You know, the Bible says that angels have been aligned for the assignments of the saints. We release angels through our prophetic words of destiny. Hebrews 1 and verse 14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And you and I, through our words, through our words of destiny, can create a framework for our children, can create a framework for the path that they will walk. As the Bible says that when we train them up in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. I want to take a moment in the service this afternoon because as I was preparing this message, God spoke to me very clearly and very specifically about children. And if you are a mother, a father, a parent in the house, I'd like you to stand up this afternoon. If you've got children, if you're a mother, your father, you've got children, please stand up. Your carriers 
of words of destiny. And I sense that there are people in this place, and during the course of maybe your life, maybe you've got children who are a little bit older, and you're thinking, well, you know, is there hope? And I want to say the words that God places in your mouth to speak over your children, their spirit, and their life. And right here this afternoon, I want us to utilize this moment because God spoke to me very clearly that there are situations that are going to turn around in the lives of children uh, in this place. The, the, the parents who stand here, situations in your children's lives that are going to change. And I'm not just talking about the older children, even the younger ones. That you begin to speak words of destiny concerning their health. You begin to speak words of destiny concerning their well-being. You begin to speak God's of destiny concerning their future inheritance. You begin to speak God's of destiny concerning them serving Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying this afternoon? And so I want you to begin to speak. I want you to begin to speak. You begin to speak right where you're standing. Just begin to speak concerning your child. Call your child's name. If you've got more than one children, call them by name and begin to speak. Whatever the Lord places on your heart, right now begin to speak. And all of us, just begin to pray right now in this place. Just begin to pray because I believe that this is a Holy Ghost moment that God wants to do something very specific in this place right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we release this as a divine moment in the spirit where you are doing a work from heaven. You say the word that goes forth, that word will not return back empty. And Lord, I pray right now for every parent in this place, every mother, every father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Lord, the words of destiny that they are speaking forth right now, those words of destiny will take a hold over their children's lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I, I come against every contrary perspective in their hearts, in their minds, in their spirits, every lie of the enemy. I challenge it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus defeated the enemy and he settled once and for all the debt. And I thank you that he purchased for us a full salvation and you say that those who inherit salvation can command angels to do their bidding. And right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we release ministry angels over our children's lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I pray that grace will come into our children's life. We come against sickness, against diseases, against mishap, against them taking the wrong turn, against them hearing the wrong voice. We silence them against the voice of the accuser. We come against every form of mind influence. In the name of Jesus, Father, we saturate them right now with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We declare, we affirm that the whole spirit, soul, and body will be preserved blameless that not one of them will be lost in the name of Jesus Christ Lord we speak this prophetic word over this house Father even those who are not here today we ask oh God that that grace will go into our children's life we release those words of destiny for the future and the hope that you have mapped out of them for them we pray this in Jesus precious name Amen Amen please do take your seats And so there has to be this desire. But desire is not sufficient unless we believe what we are actually saying. I think of Esther's story, a fascinating story that, you know, spells out this journey of someone who had to believe the word of destiny that God had spoken concerning her. She was taken from among her people, the Israelites, and brought into the house of the king. And there was a decree that came forth to Haman 
to kill all the Jews. And she was positioned at this place. Now, what we need to know is that there was a man called Mordecai who God had placed in a role to speak into Esther's life. And he had been speaking into Esther's life. And he came to this pivotal moment. And the Bible says Esther had always followed the word of Mordecai. And he came to this pivotal moment in those words, those immortal words of destiny in Esther 4 and verse 14, when Mordecai says to her, as she's about to go in to the king, she doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't know whether she's going to live or whether she's going to die. All she knows is that there's a word of destiny that has been spoken over a life that she needs to respond to. And Mordecai says to her, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That's a word for somebody in this place today. The job that you are in, who knows whether God has placed you there for such a time as this. Yes, your boss is difficult, but it's not time to resign because who knows if God has placed you there for such a time as this. That person who's about to fold up that business because you think that, well, it's not turning out the way that you thought it would. God is saying to you, who knows if God has placed you in this place for such a time as this. For such a time as this. She had to believe that word. She had no guarantees. All she had was a word that she needed to respond to, a word that she needed to run with. Romans 10.10 reminds us, that the heart believes and the mouth confesses unto salvation. Jesus Christ, when he encountered the centurion, the centurion says to Jesus, you know, my servant is sick. And Jesus says, oh, I'm going to come. And he says, no, 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 no. You don't need to physically come. Only speak the word. Only speak the word. The word of healing, the word of destiny that will change that servant's situation. And the Bible says, Jesus says, wow, I have not seen such great faith. Why? Because he believed the word. He believed that that word was going to bring about something. He believed that that word was going to bring about a change. But the only way that word was going to be brought about in terms of bringing a change to the situation was that word needed to be spoken. So there has to be desire. There has to be a believing. But then, at some point, there has to be a speaking. There has to be a speaking. And I believe those of you who are parents here, you will not cease to speak over the lives of your children. You will not cease to speak because the circumstance has changed or the situation is not going in the direction that you choose or you desire it to go in. Because the word of God produces works of faith. You know, Timothy, who ended up being one of Paul's protégés, sent into many of the situations in churches to work with and you know, influence churches. We know several things about Timothy. Firstly, that Timothy had words spoken over him 
from a very early age. Words of destiny, words that will catapult him into God's plans and purposes. Words that will enable him to become a key player in the growth and expansion of the early church under Paul's leadership. Words that had been spoken, the Bible says, through his mother and his grandmother. 2 Timothy 3 verse 14 and 15. But you must continue, that's Paul speaking to Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The things that you have learned from childhood, the things that have enabled you to make the right choices, the things that have enabled you to walk the right path, the things that have enabled you to align yourself in the destiny that God had written concerning you. And Paul encourages and exhorts Timothy. And I want to encourage you this afternoon because, you know, sometimes in our life situations and circumstances can overwhelm us. We can come to a place where we think, you know, you know, is God there? Is God hearing? Does God even understand? I want to say to you, saints, that's not the time to keep silent. That's the time to speak. That's the time to release those words of destiny. That's the time to let that which was heard, that word of faith, be translated into spoken words of destiny. Because faith always requires a response. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The Bible says, For without faith it is impossible to please God, because the one who comes to him must first believe that he is who he says he is. What gives you and I the capacity to speak words of destiny? Because we are confident of who God is. He says that he can do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think or even imagine. That is what God says. So what are you going to do about this truth? What are you going to do with this revelation? Because throughout the generations, as we read the scripture, we see men and women who took hold of that word of faith and they did something about it. They released words of destiny. They changed the cause of nations. They turned around kingdoms. The Bible reminds us again and again throughout the scripture. Abel offered. Enoch pleased. Noah built. Abraham went. Moses chose. Isaac blessed. The Israelites passed. They conquered kingdoms. They administered justice. They gained what was promised. They shot lions match. Quenched the fury of flames. Escaped the sword. Turned weakness into strength. Endured persecution and suffering. And so on through the ages. Because they laid hold of the word of destiny that was upon their lives. God's word has power. It has enablement. It has the capacity to bring about change and to bring about transformation. Colossians 3, verse 16 and 17 says this. 
says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with wisdom. That you teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let the word dwell in you richly in all wisdom. See, there's a word in there that I'm sure we all know what it means. If I say someone is rich, we know what that word means. It means that they have abundance. It means there is an excess. It means there is an overflow. It means that there is surplus. It says, let the word dwell in you richly, in abundance, in surplus, in overflow. But if the word doesn't go in, the word is not going to come out. And I want to finish with this challenge today. The only reason why you can walk to the cash machine, the cash point, take out your debit card, put it in there, punch your P number, type whatever amount you need, and ask for withdrawal, and all of a sudden, the money comes out of the wall. It's because you've made a deposit in your bank account. If there was nothing in there, and you put your card in the wall, and you punch a P number, and you put an amount, the likelihood is, not only will it not give anything to you, it might keep your card. Because <laughs> you might be offended by the fact that you think that it should just give you something when you haven't put anything in there. You see, we can only release what is in us. And we're speaking about releasing words of destiny. See, words of destiny need to be aligned with the word of God. Let the word dwell in you richly. Surplus, abundance, overflow, richly in all wisdom. I will just stop there. You see, wisdom is simply knowledge applied. In other words, of that which is in me, I am allowing God by His Spirit to shape, to align, so that when it comes out, it comes out perfectly. It comes out in the right way. It comes out in the way that God desires it to be manifested. Let the word dwell, dwell, dwell. You guys that are about to make that public profession of your faith this afternoon, you've started a journey today. Let the word dwell in you richly. Allow the word to come in. Allow the word to be soaked up because it's out of that which is in you that those words of destiny can be formed out of that which is in you that you know that you can call those things that are not as though they are. And every single one of us, when the word is in you, then the word can be released from you and through you. And so this afternoon as we draw this series to a close, the greatest word of destiny 
that has been spoken over humankind. Started that off this afternoon that we will bruise the head of the enemy even as he seeks to crush our heel. What was that? That was God's redemptive process. God saying that I can make a way. And you may be here this afternoon, you've come to you know, witness someone's baptism, to see them make their public profession of their faith. Because by doing that, the Bible says they're clothing themselves with Christ. They're making a public declaration. They, they're affirming the word of destiny that has been spoken over them. Because the Bible says God gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but their destiny would be everlasting life. And that can be your destiny today if you've never embraced Jesus Christ in your life. A simple act of faith. Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart we believe, but with the mouth we confess unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time and we know that the greatest word of destiny is the word of salvation. The word that seeks to take us through that great divide of sin, to pass from death to life, to embrace what you accomplished for us on Calvary. Father, I pray right now for those under the sound of my voice who've never had the opportunity to embrace you in their lives in a personal relationship. That in these final moments, as we draw this time to close, to go into the baptism, to see those public declarations of faith, that you will speak to their hearts. Holy Spirit, you begin to work on their hearts. To give them that understanding that you love them with an everlasting love that the greatest word of destiny you've spoken over them is that they can be saved because you have made the way for them. With every head bow, every eye closed in this place. If you're here this afternoon and you're saying, well, you know what, I want to start this journey. I've never embraced Jesus Christ in my life in a personal relationship, but I want to do that today. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want that word of destiny to begin to be manifest in my life, to see that future and that hope that he has prepared for me become something that I walk in in all its fullness. If that's you today, just like you to just, uh, just slip up your hand. Someone will just come and stand alongside you. We've got a gift to give to you this afternoon. If that's you, just lift your hand. I'll acknowledge it, and then uh, you can just put the hand back down. Is that you this afternoon? Anyone who is saying yes to Jesus Christ in this place today? as we bring this service to a close. Is there anyone you're saying that I want to embrace Jesus Christ in my life as my Lord and personal Savior? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We ask, O oh God, that your grace will be poured out upon every person in this place. That God, the words of destiny that you have spoken on us, that which will bring us to an expected end, will become our reality on a daily basis as we walk with you. We pray this. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much.